Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Barrett Inn. I'm Matt Wilson. I'm joined, as always, by Joe Goodman. Joe, how are things going today? Things are uh, things are insane today, Matthew. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time thinking about topics and putting like an outline together for the podcast, and then on the day yeah, we record, you executive produce. You actually sit down yeah. and take time and effort out of your day. Yeah, for sure. And then today, you know, we're we're recording today and then news breaks and then all that just goes by the wayside. Yeah, it's there's there's basically only one thing to talk about in sports today that anybody that listens to this podcast wants to hear about. And that's that uh, Kevin Durant has requested to be traded out of Brooklyn. Absolutely. And Royce O'Neal was traded to the Nets. (laughs) That's right. Hot off the NBA presses as we uh, generally come with. (laughs) No, I mean, we got maybe the the biggest news in in a long time with college football. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. That was that was big. That's big news. That's big news last year. But USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. It's official. The Big Ten commissioners have voted on it this evening. Like they put out. Each school's put out like press releases, like it's it's happening. Like th- this I, all happened today. The, yeah, in in less than twelve hours, it happened. Yeah, and yeah. you're talking about the Big Ten, the the very first ever uh, college football conference, you know, college athletic conference to to really exist. The pack, the pack twelve originally, the pack eight, and the pack ten being the arch nemesis of that conference from the get-go for almost what a hundred years now to the point they set up the rose bowl for those two right just so that those two conferences could play each other yeah and now the face of the pacific whatever number conference you want to call it ucla and usc the two most storied most prolific most significant programs no matter how good they've been at football in the last couple of years there For sure you, you cannot say that there's another program in the big or in the Pac-12 that matches what USC and UCLA mean from a historical standpoint and they are going to the Big 10 where there're going to be road games where teams are traveling almost 3000 miles to play each other 
we're, we're talking New Jersey for Rutgers yeah. to Los Angeles. I, it blows my mind. It's the first truly coast to coast conference. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you think about it, it's like, I mean, the Rose Bowl is called like the granddaddy of them all for a reason. It was this huge game. We had like Ohio State or UCLA or USC or Penn State or whoever the case may be meeting up in Los Angeles. And aside from the fact you have these two schools that are squarely in the middle of the biggest media, one of the biggest, I mean, I would say like New York and Los Angeles, you know, like the two biggest media markets in, in the nation. Yeah. And then somewhere in there, you've got Chicago. <laughs> Yes. And that's still like squarely in, in, in Big Ten country. Yeah. Especially if the the other rumors that are swirling around right now. And of course, when something like seismic like this happens in college football, there is there's going to be rumors about anything and everything. There's going to be people that have anonymous sources that tell you things because nobody really knows. You just know what you know. Um, but the rumors right now, of course, that are swirling around are that the big 10 will next set its sights on going after Notre Dame. And yeah, you know, they are really firmly responding to what the sec did with um, Oklahoma and Texas. And I think this is the big Ten's way of saying we are the ones that have been around forever. The big 10 has always been good. You know, there, there are years where the SEC did not matter. I mean, think back, we're, we're not even, we're just over two decades, you know, in the early 2000s away from when Auburn went undefeated and was left out of the national championship yeah. game for uh, one loss Florida State team. And ACC. Remember, really, the SEC, like there, what we see now, didn't come to fruition until like 2008. Right. When, when Florida and Tebow and all that happened. And that but started this Ten, progression. Yes. The, the Big Ten has always been there. And yes, Ohio State has always mattered. Michigan has always mattered. Uh, Michigan State's always been in play. Penn State, they've only been in the conference for, they haven't been, you know, a lifetime member in the Big Ten, but Penn State generally always matters. And yeah, I think this is their way of saying, like, well, okay, their history you, matters. You've had your time in the sun. We're still the big dogs. Yeah. Now, I mean, less so with the the newer, like Maryland Rutgers of of you know Missouri or Missouri's in the SEC, but you know less so with those those schools. But like the the tentpole schools for sure, Michigan, Ohio State, even Wisconsin. You know, they're always good. You have these tentpole Big Ten schools that we always matter. And the other big thing about those schools is they're all huge. Those those mid those Midwest state schools have produced thousands upon thousands upon thousands of alumni for decades. Yeah. And that's why that's why they get the big money in these TV contracts. There are just so many people that watch those schools. And I this was a coup today because by all accounts, all of the doom and gloom people that looked at the big 12 and said that it was a failure of a conference and there was no way that it could stick together. I, I, maybe it's just that it's because I'm on the outside looking, looking in this time, you know, at another conference going through this, Yeah, but it feels exponentially greater 
the expectation that the Pac-12 will die now? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it is is because just on the on the financial side, even without you know OU in Texas, you could make a argument that because of the way the the deal was the television deal was structured for the Big Twelve, that the remaining schools were better positioned than the ones in the Pac-12 are right now. Because you have to think like you have Texas, the Midwest, they're just more football crazy or football friendly than I would say the West Coast is. Oh, yeah. One, one, a tweet that I saw tonight um, talked about how part of the demise or the, you know, you know, slow down downturn of the Pac-12 over the last 10 years or so is due to the fact that, you know, California and the Pacific Northwest as a whole are seeing less and less participation in the sport of football, where it is not as fervent from a high school level as it once was, especially compared to the South, you know, the, the sure. you know, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, um, those, Georgia's those states, huge. Yeah. yeah, Georgia, Ohio, even, you know, if we're going into the Midwest yeah, where, where football is still the king of sports, it's something that isn't as big of a deal now. And, in the West coast. And we've seen it over the last couple of years, especially since COVID um, because of the responses those schools had that were much more um, leaning towards better safe than sorry. Right. With, with the regulations that they had not letting fans come back. I think it's been so much more difficult for them to get the fans back. Now, now that things are starting to open up again, we saw it last year where there were so many PAC 12 games where at kickoff, it looked like 90% of the stadium wasn't there and you'd get guys like Stu Mandel on Twitter talking about how, well, Oh, well, there's more things to do than college football uh, in those towns. So, you know, they're all at the beach or something like that. And that's true, but there's a like Columbus is a big city in Ohio. Like Columbus isn't a tiny little college town. It's one of the largest cities in the state of Ohio, um, if not the largest. And uh, they still get people to pack the big house. You know, L.A. Uh, shouldn't have a problem packing USC Stadium. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of stuff to do in Austin, Texas, too. Yeah, there's there's tons to do in Austin. There's, yeah, you know, you there's, know they, there's a lot to do like in that. Dallas, and the schools up there do okay. <laughs> yeah, Dallas-Fort Worth, a lot of stuff to do. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, you're right. There has been, there's just a general, I would say, apathy especially towards the sport of football. And that's something I've seen a lot of Pac-12 fans complain about um, on Twitter. And I know Twitter is just like a small percentage of, of yeah. the general uh, fan bases that exist out there. But it's it's the circle that I walk within when it comes to how I read things in the sports sphere. And a lot of the complaining that I've seen from Pac-12 fans as a whole was the fact that the school presidents and the school athletic directors did not put the same weight on their um, on what they expected out of football as other conferences did. The PAC 12 was more focused on kind of uh, let's ensure that all of our sports are good. We want basketball to be good. We want beach volleyball to be good. We want lacrosse to be good, like whatever sport it was, they were more focused on, 
a holistic view of their athletic department rather than prioritizing the cash cow that is football. And that's part yeah. of the reason why this is coming and biting them now. Absolutely. And it, it leads into, since we as Big 12, you know, Baylor fans are just a year removed from the same thing happening to us, it leads you to believe, or it leads you into like, well, is Big 12 going to be the aggressor? Because we all, we all look at these, or I do at least, look at it from a, from a Big 12 perspective. And the best thing that's for the league that my team is in What's the, the next step going to be for the Big 12? I just me personally, I don't know. There, I was talking to uh, Travis Clones, one of my one of my Iowa State buddies, and I told him, I said, you know, compared to how I felt when Texas and Oklahoma left, I felt like there was only one or two scenarios that could happen there, um, and it kind of, you know, I had a little bit of anxiety because I felt like I could see the possible futures that existed. Where we sit today, there is so much uncertainty and so many things that could happen um, and so much time that's involved that I don't know what's going to happen. If you're if you're Oregon and Washington, um, the report that's come out this evening is that the Big Ten isn't taking Oregon and Washington right now. They are not going to follow USC and UCLA, even if they wanted to. The Big Ten does not have plans to pull any more Pac-12 schools as it stands, quote unquote. Does that change a year from now? Do you do you think that it's possible that that changes a year from now if you're Oregon and Washington? Because you're gonna, it doesn't like you want to be in the Big Ten. That's where the big money is at. You're not gonna get as much money in the Big Twelve as you're gonna get in the Big Ten. That's a fact. So do you wait and see, or are you pissed off enough that you want to come to the Big Twelve? Do you convince the other schools to stick together and try to poach some Big Twelve schools? Do you decide to form a super conference and merge? Do you contact? I still think they're in that position um, on a financial level. Because even with what the Big 12 is losing in 2024, maybe it's 2025 when Texas knows you leave, you're still substantially more or substantially better positioned than the Pac 12 is right now, fully formed, just because their, See, their deals I, are I so think, horrible. I, th I agree that it's probably a little bit better, but. I, I feel like you a lot of people are honestly discounting the brand that You're both right. Oregon and Washington have. You're right. Those are big brands. And if I was in, you know, the meetings or in the room with people in the Big 12, I would say go hard for the brands. You know, considering you're bringing in BYU, which is already West, West Coast, basically. And then you could maybe pull in Utah. You could pull it if you could pull in Oregon, Washington, Utah, and you know another school, any school, Colorado. It is at that point it doesn't matter. Or the Arizona schools and Oregon and Utah. Like here's here's the thing. Like if we're talking about just pure money, the Heartland Sports a couple. I think it was last year had had an article. Um, it got sent to me by my buddy Memphis Spence um on twitter um it was the top 25 most valuable college programs and um it was done by a, a website called like go banking rates or something and they based this off of like revenues and brand recognition and everything on who the most valuable college football programs were and the big 12 had two 
which were, you can guess it at that time, it was Texas and Oklahoma. The Pac-12 had three, and UCLA wasn't one of the three. It was Oregon, uh, USC, and uh, Washington. And USC and Washington were $1 million apart in, in the value that they had. So it said that USC was worth $93 million and Washington was worth 92, whereas Oregon was worth 96. So losing USC and UCLA is a big deal from a historical standpoint. And of course, like losing the entire LA market. Um, yeah. And those are two of the biggest brands that exist in college sports. But Washington has a huge fan base. And when they're good, they matter. And Oregon just might have become over the last 20 years the most recognizable college football brand that's out there because of the duck and because of their association with Nike. Yeah. And that's also like part of the reason their, their, their value rose so much was because of the, the Nike of it all and Phil Knight and everything. And I mean, there are several teams in the big 12 that have a good relationship with Nike Baylor being one of them. And you know, the new, uh, the new commissioner that's coming in who used to be the CEO of rock nation, I'm sure knows, knows Nike and their folks very well, but yes. that's the, if, if I'm the big 12, if we just want to look at it from the big 12 standpoint, if, if Joe is commissioner of the big 12 right now, where I have a, a magic wand and I can make things happen, this is when you strike. It's when you find out that the big Ten's not taking Oregon and Washington today and you give them the offer. You say, yeah. look, Whatever it takes, if it's a full, if you want to bring everybody with you, fine. We'll fully merge. We, you know, we'll, if you guys want us to leave Florida, U of H and Cincinnati behind, because they're too far East, that's fine. We'll, we'll cut our deal with them, pay them off, whatever we have to do. We'll merge our current conference with you. And, you know, we're together because if you can get Washington, Oregon, Stanford, you, you have to jump on that and get it immediately. You, you cannot, yeah. You, you cannot let that opportunity pass up because while Oregon and Washington are not Oklahoma and Texas, there's not a better option out there to get closer to Oklahoma and Texas than those two. Okay. Let me ask you this. If you were to strike a deal, would you be on the side of saying, okay, you know, we know these teams are coming in 23. USC and UCLA presumably are going to Big Ten in 24. Would you cut a deal with Texas? No, you say, look, you know what? We're going to cut you a deal. You don't got to pay the full amount. We're going to bring in whatever Pac-12 schools come in, and we're going to let you out at a discount. I would let them out a year early, yes. Like if it was in 24. We're going to let you out in 24. To get everything done by 24, yes. And to be honest with you, I would cut the – I would keep BYU, and I would would cut the three AAC schools. See, I don't know if you can cut people – because that's, I think they're that's not officially in the conference yet. That's the thing is you, there's I'm probably sure a negotiation and a buyout that would, that would exist because of their expected revenue True. coming in. But I think those things are, you know, the, all those agreements are, you know, at, at least that point, verbally. What you do is you just dissolve the big 12. <laughs> well, no, and, that's my other thing is like, would you say like, okay, so we have after Texas and OU, we have 12 of the big 12 and then. You have the remaining Pac-12. How, what would you merge the two conferences and be like your own super conference? Yeah, just that's like what I'm SEC's saying. Yeah, doing. I think, I think that's the best case scenario is because the Big Ten's not done. The SEC is going to respond to this. They're gonna they're going to feast upon the ACC next. Yeah, because if in my opinion, 
and I, I I texted some friends this earlier. It's like, you know, the Big 12 has to be the aggressor to put the most immense amount of pressure on the ACC because you want to force Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, the, the big brands of that conference that are carrying that conference to bolt, to go to the SEC or the Big 10 and kind of collapse that conference to firmly position yourself as we're the number three conference. We may not be the SEC or the Big Ten, but we're solely at the number three because we've kind of, you know, we've kind of eaten up the rest of the Pac-12. And then of those schools that are left in ACC, there's only three that are really viable, and they're going to other conferences. Right. You let let the let the SEC go get Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and Miami. Let them, let them go yeah. have them. And then, you know, the the Big Ten can go snag Notre Dame and Louisville, and then we go merge with, um, you know the the remaining Pac-12 members that exist, and then the AAC schools join up with whatever is left over from the ACC, and then there yeah. you go. Because it also is like the Big Twelve can position itself. It's like we're a coast to coast conference. We, well, we, no, I say you still leave them out. This is you become just, essentially the but Southwest. You still have West Conference. Virginia. I mean, you still have West Virginia in the Big Twelve. I think West Virginia would be would be one that you could let go to the Big Ten, or or to well, the I mean, to the ACC to, or whatever. The thing is, things there they have to get invited. They didn't even get invited to the ACC back in 2010. Right, because the ACC has a very much a, a holier <laughs> than thou view of their academics. Um, oh. Let me. But I don't think I don't think anybody has the space for that right now. If you're not named the Big Ten, the Big Ten cares about AAU schools, and they're allowed to do that because they're they're one of the two big boys. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they put a premium on that. On that, I mean, the UCLA and USC, they're AAU schools. Those other schools aren't going to. Or Oregon, I don't know if they're an AAU school, but I mean, there's a reason those two schools got the invite. Or yeah, Washington definitely is. Washington's a very yeah. good school. Oregon, um, I don't yes, know. Oregon is AAU. Okay. But I think it's also like they hold they hold a little bit of I mean, USC is a private school. UCLA has it holds a little prestige academically, also. UCLA so, I mean, holds a lot. And yeah. as does Stanford and Cal. Which I think at this point, I would think Stanford and Cal is probably because their administrators probably don't care about athletics. Uh, I did. I did see some news earlier tonight that Stanford's uh, Stanford's administration, their their president and athletic director were apparently very upset by how things went down today, as well as was Oregon's um, athletic director. I, I have heard that that they that this was they learned about it basically at the same time everybody else did which was like when it started hitting Twitter. Um, so that told me a lot. The fact that Oregon and Washington weren't involved in this from the get-go, yeah. that told me that I don't think the Big Ten or Fox really like wanted them, wanted them. And oh, that I think the they're, next they're, they're, they're eyeing Notre was, Dame. They're yeah, they Notre want Notre Dame. Dame. That's what they want. Because I, like, I guarantee you what's happening is this may not even be a Fox thing. They may NBC may swoop in and try to get this whole thing. Or CBS for that matter, because they're losing the SEC. So I have, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I do have good information from a person that is well enough in the know and wouldn't lie to me that um, 
there is at least surface level conversations that have gone on between the current Big 12 and CBS. Um, because. But with this new commissioner, now that we can segue to the new commissioner news, with um, the new commissioner is like, who has a experience negotiating deals and who is an outside the box hire because he was the former i guess he was a chief operating chief officer operating officer rock at rock nation which is jay-z's uh i guess it was a. it's jay-z's company and it's yeah, the like athletics are, arm or like marketing arm Mar- yeah i mean they have sports agents that are sp- yeah. that are a part of them like it's a uh it's a big deal that that he's coming over here he's also the person that negotiated the sponsorship deal for the barclays center to have its naming rights done and he had um, some in fact with the nascar when he signed some correct like, huge deal with nascar when he was uh, working for them so i mean he has experience brokering these types of deals these big um media deals with different uh sports agencies so it would make you think that he's gonna think outside the box and maybe you know, Prime Video, Amazon, other streaming options are are on the table. Well, for that's the, Big the thing. 12. That's why CBS is looking. So th- this is what I have heard. Again, this is somebody told somebody, and I trust this person that told me that at least like something has been said to him from somebody he trusted. Um, that the the conversations that have gone on, it's it's CBS is quote unquote was quote unquote flirting with the Big Twelve to be their replacement for the SEC, which yeah. and it would have also included a deal to be on Par- Paramount Plus, which is CBS's streaming service, and f- in some way Turner Broadcasting was also involved. So essentially, what you're looking at is you completely abandon ESPN and Fox. You have a national game every week that's on CBS. CBS also has a cable network called CBS Sports Network, so you'd get a game there. CBS also has a Paramount Plus streaming platform. Correct. You'd have games that are on there. And then also with the Turner inclusion, there would be games that would be on either like TBS or TNT. Um, So that would kind of be the the TV deal that they're looking at. You could have a multi-platform. So we're doing like CBS proper for like your main game of the week. Mm. Then you have these ancillary you know, uh, networks that are under the, it's Viacom, which owns CBS and all these other um, entities, Correct. you know, that include Paramount Plus, TNT, TBS, everything, MTV, all that's under Viacom, Nickelodeon, all that, all that jazz. So you could have, you could have a multifaceted platform to have like we're gonna have games and we're gonna be innovative, like those NFL games this past couple of years they've had on Nickelodeon, like one game a year that has it's just look a little bit innovative. It's more marketed to you know kids to get them involved in the sport. But you kind of do the same thing with uh, college football, specifically the Big Twelve or whoever signs a deal with CBS. And you cannot tell me that you can't get a little bit of extra money out of a TV deal when you say, guess what, you get to show the Oregon Duck. Yeah, especially we're talking Nickelodeon. So, I mean, that Oregon is so important. I God, I hope I was kind of like half joking about it. I fully expected this day to end with it's USC, it's UCLA. And oh, by the way, 
you know, Oregon and Washington are coming with, and then we would find out that the big 12 was going to be taking like Colorado, Utah, and the two Arizona schools. Um, well, but Utah makes sense just because BYU. So you have this natural rivalry that already exists. Yeah. And, and I, um, one of, uh, like BYU's, um, uh, radio guy did a poll on Twitter earlier tonight asking like, would you like to be in the same conference as Utah? And it was an overwhelm from BYU fans. It was an overwhelming, like, yes, percentage on there. Like yeah. they, it's it not sense. one of those rivalries where they're sitting there like, oh, we're so much better. Like they, they legitimately yeah. want to play and beat Utah every year. Yeah. Cause there's like two towns in Utah, <laughs> like Salt Lake <laughs> city is, and Provo. That's it. There's well, there's really <laughs> only one. I don't know. if, <laughs> But yeah, so Utah would make sense. And I, I've always said the Arizona schools just because they sound or they feel more Big 12 schools. They, f- they feel more like Big 12 schools. They, they fit, they fit yeah. against Oklahoma State, Tech, Baylor, TCU. Like it, they kind and, of fit that Southwestern vibe. Yeah. And with this westward movement with BYU, you think like well, it would be perfect to have Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, BYU added to the Big 12 all relatively soon. Yeah, and then if you can add, you uh, you know, Cal, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, uh, even better. I don't. I think, unfortunately, I think the uh, the schools that might get let if anybody's left out in the cold right now, it 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 feels like everybody thinks it's going to be Washington State and Oregon State. Which I've seen a lot sense. of people just assume they're going to go to the Mountain West through all of this, which I feel so bad for them for. And and with uh precedent being set like oklahoma left oklahoma state in the dust texas left all the texas schools now granted there's no like natural rivalry texas name already did that yeah so there's no like natural rivalry you know like in-state funded school because tcu baylor they're both and if we're gonna be fair schools if we're gonna be honest here texas a&m texas baylor and texas tech already left behind all the other texas schools yeah when we except when we, for hey hey we're welcoming we UH back Houston, in Rice, SMU. Houston come back in we're welcoming you back in with open arms no that's the funniest part to me is that if we do the merger and you leave the AAC schools out so you leave out you keep BYU but you leave out Cincinnati Florida <laughs> Central Florida and Houston the implosion and the saltiness that would occur after they thought they were finally going to get into the power five, if we said, ah, oh, we got a better deal, our bad. Man, I think the, the funniest dry. thing in the world to me. I wouldn't leave out UCF just because they're. You, you might have to. Huge. You cannot have Eugene to Orlando. That's just, you cannot do that. Yeah, you just make pods, man. You, you're only going to go there like every like 10 years. But imagine, like, <laughs> imagine the equipment truck driver. Excuse me, sir. Uh, USC just joined a conference that includes Rutgers. Right. Let's be better than them. (laughs) Orlando to Eugene is ridiculous. I can't wait for the USC or Rutgers at USC at 9 a.m. I know. I cannot wait for that game. I I, I said earlier today, like, I think USC playing in East Lansing at, you know, on a noon Eastern Standard Time game in the snow. Is gonna be it just it's gonna be perfect television. I mean, you you brought up Jack Allen. He he mentioned today like he couldn't wait for the like nine a.m. kick. Yeah, and then I was like, you know, Big Twelve after dark. You know, I, I commented on it. I said like, well, now it's like 
Big Ten brunch because you're going to have a 9 a.m. kickoff because it's 11 a.m. Rutgers time, but it's much earlier in the West Coast. It's so stupid. Oh, man, this is the dumbest sport. Right, college sports as a whole, when you think about it, just for what it even is, it's just it's a ridiculous concept in the first place. The amount of money that is involved in this. And now that it has it has borne out the uh, um, a team from two teams from Los Angeles and a team from New Jersey being in the same league. And now we're talking about a team in the northwesternmost point of the country now having to be maybe in the same conference as a team in the most southeastern points of the country. It's so ridiculously amazing. You have to remember, like, West Virginia is in the same conference as, like, Texas Tech. That's still not Eugene to Orlando. True. But (laughs) it it ain't far off. Have you been to Lubbock? I have. It's, It's a drive from, like, Houston. It is Imagine a, about a 10 hour drive. Morgan, yes. Imagine getting there from Morgantown. <laughs> oh, so. man. I, so I just, I legitimately, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think, I don't think it's, I don't think anything's going to happen imminently. Um, our new, our, our new conference commissioner doesn't even officially start in his job until August 1st. I mean, you better start early. That's yeah. All, I, I, some, like I, pro bono work. He better, he better already have his company cell phone. Um, yeah, but, on phone. I, you know, today. there's there's definitely phone calls going on behind the scenes. But again, I don't I don't think we're going to see anything. I think Oregon and Washington. But even even Bowlesby, 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 how do you say his Bowlesby. name? Bowlesby. Just you can call um, him the moron, the idiot. <laughs> he has connections out there. So, I mean, maybe you can do like a little work before you leave. Maybe you can yeah. call some folks. Yeah, you were know, you were Stanford's like AD. But so I, I still I think I think what inevitably what's going to happen is that I think Oregon and Washington are going to kind of wait a second to see what happens. Um, and I think I think we may have to wait a year. It might not be until this time next year or maybe at some point after football season is over later in the year that we that we hear what the next round of this is going to be. It's definitely not done. We're definitely going to see more of this. I just I think that there's going to be a lot of wait and see that's going to happen from yeah. these other schools to see if they're going to win well, yeah. the SEC slash Big Ten sweepstakes. I, I also think it's different from the Big Twelve last summer. Oh, it's it's very different was, from the Big Twelve. There's last no summer. good options for the remaining Big Twelve schools because you don't have the Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal of it all in the Big Twelve. It's it's a different dynamic, right? So. Those schools, you know, Baylor included, didn't have a lot of good options after Texas No you decided to go to the SEC. So their best bet was that we have to stick together and we need to add and expand ourselves. The Pac-12 is a different animal in the sense, like, you, y'all have all the options as far as conferences go. Um, You're probably going to disband, though. Like, you're not sticking together. I, that's just my opinion. I just don't see the Pac-12 sticking together after this has been announced yeah they're 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 not the island of misfit toys that the big 12 was where we felt like we have to stick together or we might or we all might die 
whereas I think I think there's a number like you mentioned, there, there are schools in the Pac-12. They know they're going to land somewhere. They don't have to stay there, whether yeah. it's with us, whether it's with or, or if it's with yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah. And they, even they like have a spot, even like Stanford and Cal, you could always be like, you know, we're academically inclined institutions. We can always go independent. Right. Because we're always we're outside the the norm as it is because you have to be extremely academically advanced to get into our institutions as it is. We can always pull a Notre Dame and you know what we're just gonna be independent and and not lean so heavily on academics, which they don't anyway. Yeah. And I still think they don't need the end of the day. I think at the end of the day, the best option for both groups is just a full on merger. Like let's Let's get together yeah. and let's Absolutely. be the ones that pull the trigger on the super conference. Let's just be the first one. So re- really, because of really, really back, if you accept that the, the, the ones coming in in the big 12, it's a wild conference, but if you accept, like, we're just going to, we're going to keep with our path. We're going to bring in UCF, Cincinnati. That's Houston, too many. Like you, you got to find a way to make it it's like not 20. too many. It's not too it's many. Too many. It's 12. If you, you know, Texas and OU, they're right, gone. Right, but so the Texas has 10 schools, so... So that's 22. You know. No, just 22. I would assume, yeah, like, 20. Cal and Stanford aren't going to join the this merger. They're going to go independent. So then Maybe. you're at 20. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain Cal will go. Yeah, I mean, they do hate us. <laughs> they hate any kind of... Not just Baylor or these... But they hate just like they hate Kansas State just because it's the middle of the country, and it's that's true. They hate just their they general the cultural. General. Like they they do Texas. They hate Texas Tech. They hate all those schools that are in the middle of the country that have a different cultural lean than than Cal. And or I don't St- blame them. <laughs> and I don't blame them either. Sometimes fact, I sometimes really I don't agree blame with them. them, but that's just the way it is. And that's fair. I still like you have to understand. You at least give me this. Like, give me the salt. I, j- I just, I, I feed off of it. I'm a hater. Although I would love to have to play Cal and have that hate feed into me. Dude, and Bears versus me. Bears? Yeah. I well, would love, like, not just that, I would love to have like anti-Baptist hate flow through me. Like, I'm not like even the Baptist, emperor but... says, and he's like, yes, let the hate flow through you. So it, it makes me stronger. <laughs> I just want to. I want to play Oregon. I I, I want to see. I do too. Want to see the green just and yellow the, versus the green. I've wanted to play Oregon. Yeah, only for, for the so color scheme. Only for the color scheme. Like I, I want to play wanted, them in and, full and mustard. Of, I I wanted to play Oregon back when we still ran an offense. Like I wanted to see Chip Kelly versus he who won't be named. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you've heard, but we got a new quarterback. That's true. And uh. Things are about to open up in 2022. So I would love to play Oregon with Baylor wearing like full mustard uniforms and Oregon doing whatever they do. Neon green. I don't care. I, you know, let, we need to, I, I say what we do is we say, Hey Nike, thank you for all of the work that you did on these uniforms. And then we, we open up the vault and we bring back what we used to wear when we play Oregon. Give oh, me yeah. chrome domes. We're bringing back chrome. We're bringing back all black anthracite. What do you want? It's all coming back. It's out of the vault, like yeah. Disney used to do Bring back all when back. I was a kid. Out of the vault. We're bringing back the classics.
But that's for the future, Joe. That's for the future. And it's exciting. I love it. it is, I, I do. This is why I love college football because it's a it's a stupid sport. It's really. so dumb. And it's yeah, it's so dumb. And I spent all my day thinking about this. About the Pac-12, a conference I'm not even really, not even really, I have no allegiance to. And then I'm I'm scrolling Twitter, refreshing, and looking on message boards for a conference I've, I don't care about. I, I am going to be on vacation all week next week. It was Thursday today. So I'm one, I was two days away from being, you know, nine straight days of no work. And, and then this drops, my productivity hit an all-time low. <laughs> I saw that I when I that. saw the first tweet, I saw the John Wilner tweet, like someone yeah. retweeted yep. or something. And I was like, is this real? But then I know John Wilner, like he's, he's in it in the Pac-12. He's like from San Jose Mercury News. Like he's I I, I Googled USC. Very sore. I, I searched, I, I searched term USC after I saw it to be like, is anybody else saying it? And then I saw Ross Dellinger tweeted out. I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, okay, so like the big names are getting into it. And then I saw I think Pete Thamel and Stu Van Dett. Like I started seeing I saw like the first thing I saw was like Bruce Feldman says, I've confirmed. Yeah, and I was like, okay, now we're getting real. Because Feldman's like deep also. Yeah, and then I saw Dellinger saying sources, and then all these other people were like, okay, so this is happening. And then on top of that, Nicole Arbach, who's deep in Big Ten sources, she said, yeah, this is happening like today. Like this is not like in the future. It's like this could ha- this could be finalized in a matter of hours. And I was like, what is going on? I just learned about this t- like ninety minutes ago. Now it's going to be finalized in a yeah, it, tw- yeah. by the end of the day. Well, it, it, at first it was like, the, it'll be finalized and announcements will probably be by Friday. And then it was like, okay, the Big Ten's going to meet tonight, vote on it, and you'll, and you'll know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was wild. But it's kind of like the same thing that happened, only I think with like the Texas No You, it was like, it was days. It was like, it came out during SEC it, media And that days. goes to show you, in my opinion, the difference between what football means here versus what football means there. There was vitriol thrown yeah. at every ut and oklahoma fan like as if it was their fault that they were sitting in a back room the accusations and it was just the the moral standing and how dare you ever do this and the pac-12 when this news came out today it was just kind of like a big old group oh man it's like huh how about that (laughs) yeah it was just like (laughs) Are, are, uh, so we're just not going to play yes. them in football anymore? But also you have this whole dy- – the different dynamic is you had A&M's already in the SEC. So, like, mm-hmm. you have their fans who are like, absolutely not. And then you have Texas fans that are going, oh, Texas. no. Everybody in the, the Big SEC. 12 has hated Texas for a very long time. Yes. And it, it, it's weird because growing up, a big 12 fan or SWC fan at the time you, you, you pick your, your side. Are you an, even before you really kind of know what's going on, like you're either like a, you pick an Aggie side or you pick a Texas side. And then when A&M left, everyone was against A&M who stayed in the big 12. So at the time, like I was a Baylor fan by then by 2010. So you're definitely on the side of, the big 12 in Texas state. But then as Texas state, you'd be like, well, you know, a and not that bad, you know, 
they're not as bad as Texas. You know, you get these like shifts of, I really hate Texas. Yeah. But you just don't get that out of the Pac-12. And I think like with even like with the baseball um, regionals, the super regionals in the um, College World Series, whenever Texas and A&M played, like I was rooting for A&M to beat Texas. Because my my hatred for that institution is just run so deep at this point in my life. And time has elapsed so far from 2010 that I don't have those same feelings for A&M that I did yeah, maybe I in 08. To, I used to just, I used to hate A&M so much. Me too, much. me too. Just I was at the game so whenever, whenever RG3, like, and they run roughshod over him. In in God. Floyd Casey, I was there. Yeah, it's Cyrus Gray and Ryan Tannen. Oh God, um, I hated A and M. At this point, like, I don't have any like. I don't I can care. Honestly, say I don't care. I, I don't. Have I don't any want them feelings. to win. I don't want them to win things because their fans annoy me. And but it's, it's not because it's, when they're eight and four. That's hilarious to me. But still, yeah. like, I don't root against them actively. Yeah, unless they're I, I root against them actively in their big games because they just get really annoying when they win a big game. Like I don't like it when they beat Bama because all I have to hear about I, I live plus I live in Houston and I'm just surrounded yeah. by Aggies. When I so will it's have like to, I will have to say like my niece is attending AM in the fall, so like I'm kind of like familiarly uh, okay, gotcha. connected but, to take the school. But you're right, like when they're playing Auburn, I don't care. Like cool, yeah, great. I'm at, like, if you beat Mississippi State, awesome. Like, I don't care. Even, I'm happy for I, you. Yeah, and to your point, like, be living where I live, which is the uh, and, and being, yeah, and being married to who I'm married to, like, so like that game, it's different. You know, it feels a little bit different whenever LSU and A&M play, especially the proximity to Houston, like you right. said, because those and, are those are legitimately being a Houstonian. I mean, Texas is third here. It's A&M and LSU of a city. Yeah. Like, Thank you, Katrina. And so, like, that's different. But on a on a week by week basis, like, I really don't think about A and M as much as I do Texas. Like, even right. this year, like, I can't wait for week two when Alabama goes to Austin. I can't wait for that just because I want to see the massacre. God, I can't, I'm so excited about it. Because right now, talking about recruiting, right now, Texas fans particularly are really full of themselves because they're racking up recruits they and are, they think they're they think they're they won the, the recruiting super bowl yeah they're all they're full of themselves or chests are puffed out and then week two alabama's gonna come into town and they don't know what's about to hit them and i can't wait for that like i'm i'm literally looking forward to it it's like I don't even know who Baylor plays week two. Baylor plays. Is that BYU or is that? Is that BYU? Is BYU week. Yeah, it, it is. is September tenth. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the um, Texas is the big noon kickoff at eleven. They're all mad about that. And then and Baylor then plays we, like we at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock local, local or, or Central Time. Yeah, ten fifteen Eastern Time. So yeah, so it's uh yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Well, I think that's a good segue. Yeah. Um, if you guys listened in last week, we talked about um, where we're kind of looking at the schedule and kind of doing a little bit of a prediction of a couple of schools each week. 
And this week we're going to talk about BYU and UCF. So I think we're, we're, we're talking about who BYU is going to play in week two. Um, let's just talk about who they're going to play through the whole season. Matt, what are your thoughts on BYU season this year? I mean, I'm pretty high on BYU. You know, they have some, they, they play as BYU normally does because they're independent currently. They, they're kind of all over the map as far as their, uh, Schedule goes. Hell of a schedule. It is a schedule. But if they can make it through the schedule, they can position themselves to be, they could have one of those like Cincinnati seasons to where you can position yourself to to be make a noise. I'm not gonna say playoff, but they can definitely position themselves to make a make noise in the the rankings. Sure. It's going to be tough. So it is gonna be tough, but I mean you open with South Florida. Um, That's a win. Then you have Baylor in Provo, which Baylor beat them pretty handily in Waco last year. Um, but there is some, you know, we've talked about it. There's there's some movement on the offensive side of the ball as far as Baylor goes. Yeah, and on the defensive the, side of the ball, and on the defensive side, you know, big big time players moved on to the NFL. Um, but then they have after Baylor, you have at Oregon, at Oregon. Wyoming and Provo, Utah State, which is, I guess you would call it a, a rivalry game. Utah State rivalry. and Utah State's been a pretty, pretty solid yeah. team. Yeah, Blake Anderson's head coach. He's a really good. Uh, they did, I think, they won like ten games last year. They're they're mm-hmm. really good. Um, but then you go. Didn't they beat BYU in at Utah State last year? Uh, I don't know. I want to say BYU won, but I think it was I'm close, not sure. and, and yeah. BYU won. Utah State BYU. Yeah, because BYU played. Baylor it was a later. it was a blackout game. I remember it was a night blackout game. So yeah, BYU won thirty four to twenty. Yeah, yeah, because Utah State, you know, they're that's when they're colors black and gray or whatever. They're black and blue. Black and blue. Okay, but then Notre Dame comes to Provo. No, that game is in uh, oh, that, Las is that Vegas. A neutral site. That's a neutral site. Okay. And but the still, uh, the the BYU not fan in, base in Vegas really does amuse me. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's not in South Bend, so it it is, and it's closer to Provo than South there might Bend, be more so. Notre Dame fans outside of South Bend than there are in South Bend. <laughs> but then after Notre Dame, you have Arkansas, uh, who seems to be turning it around. Yeah, that's a big game. You have then they go. They have Liberty. On the road, East Carolina at home, Boise State on the road. On the road at the blue field. And then my schedule says Dixie State, but I'm pretty sure they changed their name to like Utah Tech or something like it's that. It's Utah Tech, correct. Yes. Um, and then you finish out the year at Stanford. Right. And now Stanford's not what they used to be. I think no. Stanford's an easy win. But it's still a power Boise five State, team. No. Boise State's a potential loss. Arkansas is a potential loss. Notre Dame's a potential loss. Oregon's a potential loss and Baylor's a potential loss. One, two, three, four. That's that's five like legitimate losses that if they lost all five of those games, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that'd be I think that'd be reasonable. The the thing that that uh, gives me a little pause is they bring like everybody back from last year. True. So, I mean, they're an experienced team who last year's schedule wasn't easy just because they played all those Pac-12 teams and they won all those games. Essentially, they won the Pac-12 last year. And you're bringing all those guys back. 
and granted you have a, a, a tough road, but you have experienced school. I mean, I think if they can get some stack up some wins, you can be looking at a team that's that's a top 15, 10 team going into the uh, the end of the year. Absolutely. You, the, you're talking about if this is a team that could if they can go 10 and two with this schedule, they could they're, they're playing on a New Year's a New Year's Day ball. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I think I mean, I think with what they have coming back and the schedule's not easy for sure. But with the experience returning production, they can uh, they can if they can, you know, stack up some wins, they can you know, position themselves to be a, a New Year's Six team going into the end of the year. For yeah, sure. I think I think they probably lose. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer and I think they lose to Baylor and they probably lose to either Arkansas or at Boise and they in and, and maybe even both of those. But I think I think what you're looking at is a nine and three or a ten and two year um with a possibility of them playing in a in a New Year's six bowl. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. And I think I'm with you on the Baylor end, and mostly because the the team they played in Waco is going to be offensively at least is going to be a dramatically different team than they see in Provo this year. I just think it's going to be based on what they have coming back, or and based on who the signal caller is for Baylor, you're going to see a different type of offense than we ran a year ago. Yep, absolutely. All okay. right, so. UCF. Let's yeah, let's let's go down. We we went up into the mountains of Utah. Let's go down into the beaches of Florida. Well, actually, Central Florida. Um, like Tampa, is that where, is, that's where you? They're in Orlando. From? Orlando, okay. Yes. Um, USF's so, in Tampa. That's what it is. Uh, yes. Which is not South Florida, uh, which is no. interesting. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. But yeah, UCF. Uh, a different story with yes. their schedule they're still in the AAC they're not independent and don't have the flexibility that BYU does in scheduling but um better than Houston's schedule though this is true they did do a, i think a pretty solid job they do have two power 5 uh games in their non-conference schedule both against yes. ACC schools um they start the season off against South Carolina State that's a W uh, yeah that's W right there and that um, FC, that's FCS school that's FCS school yes then uh First real test on ESPN two a night game against the Louisville Cardinals um, in the bounce house, which still the one of the best stadium names in all. Of was this sports. the game last year where like the quarterback got hurt for UCF and then the backup like threw a pick at the end of the game? Like they were winning. I think it was. Yes. Threw like a pick six. Yes, I think so. For Louisville, yeah, okay. So this will certainly be a game that Louisville will be. Yeah. All out uniform wise, they'll probably be wearing some. They, yeah, because they should have beat them last year. Yeah. So okay, Louis, you got Louisville. That's a that's a that's a fun game. That'll be a solid matchup. After yeah. that, they go the first road game they have of the year, FAU, Florida Atlantic. I don't think anybody's worried about them. Um, and then their final non-con game of the year, their second ACC game against Georgia Tech, who is not good. You're not going to be. Yeah, good. Georgia Tech has not been good in a very long time. So that's it. And then you go into your full AAC schedule where you start off against SMU at home, then Temple at home, 
on the road to East Carolina, Cincinnati at home. So that's a, that's a tough game right there. The, but they that's do the thing. But the thing about it is their their hardest games. It looks like they're all at home. Yeah, the only road games they play. Uh, so they have Cincinnati at home. Then they go to Memphis. That'll be a, it'll be an interesting test at Tulane, Navy at home, and then they close the season out at South Florida. So the end of the year, they have three out of four games on the road at Memphis, Tulane, and South Florida. Other than that, the only games they play on the road before that are East Carolina and Florida Atlantic. So it, it lines up nicely for them just because they're, they're like, I would say like SMU, Cincinnati, probably Louisville are their toughest matchups over the year. They have three like tough matchups and they're all at home. Yeah. But I still think even if, if if they go undefeated with this schedule, they don't get into the playoff. This isn't Cincinnati of last year. Unless, they don't, unless Louisville wins. No, the there's no, there's, there's no Notre Dame on the road on this schedule. Yeah. The and there's no, I don't think anybody in the AAC is going, because they're not playing Houston. I think Houston is getting the most respect this year yeah. out of the AAC and they don't play Houston. Yeah, other than like Louisville winning the ACC, that's like uh, your only option. Yeah, and if if you get it, if you get a thing where the only way I could see it is they they run the table. Louisville has a great year. Cincinnati also has a great year, but drops their game yeah. to UCF. Yeah, and then they play a undefeated or one loss Houston in the AAC championship game. That would be the only way. Yeah, because like you said, Houston's not on the schedule, so you would have to match them up in the championship game. Yeah. And you would hope they would be undefeated that you defeat them to to pad your resume, basically. But their schedules, I mean, just like Houston, their schedule's not great. Even with the Power 5 schools, they're not like you're not playing Clemson. Or like you said, you're not playing Notre Dame like Cincinnati did. So yeah, at Notre Dame. Yeah, so it's like it's um, you really have to blow these teams out, like be substantially better than every single team on your schedule. Yeah, and I even and then it's the truth, it. I mean, we're even talking then, about if they run the table. I still think there's some losses here. Like, I don't think UCF is going to be what they were a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, I think. Yeah, the I mean, Louisville you think game, you also lost their, you know, Dylan Gabriel's in Oklahoma. Yeah, they lost their starting quarterback. He's going to uh, what Oklahoma. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I see, you know, I see probably a Cincinnati loss. I see probably a Louisville loss. And then they probably drop a game like to Memphis. You know, like I think this is probably a nine and three schedule that they've got based off of the team that I expect from UCF. Yeah. And you got to take into the, and I don't like to pile on people, but you got to take the Gus on into effect because we saw what he did at Auburn with, with talented teams. And he tends to underperform. As a, as a head coach, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, now, I granted, thought, you, I, you don't have I thought, Alabama. I thought year. Gus Malzahn was a solid Auburn coach. He was. The problem is, I mean, this goes into Auburn, but the problem is Auburn wanted to be Alabama. This is true, and that's now, that, so. That's if, their if UCF has the, if you have a different like mindset, like you know, we're not looking for twelve and zero or eleven and one every year. Yeah, UCF just wants to be good enough to be in the conversation, and I think and Gus Malzahn's a guy that's going to anyway, always so. keep you there. They're going to Big 12 anyway, so yeah. they've already won. All right, so that's UCF. That's BYU. Um, that's what we there think about them. So we'll, I'm, we'll definitely go into more in-depth when we get into, like, the current Big 12 teams. We're kind yeah. of, like, 
it's very surface level with the the teams that aren't currently in the Big 12 but are coming next year. All right, Matt, you want to intro our our fun new segment? Okay, so this is a completely, I stole this from the uh, Cover 2 podcast with uh, Braden Gall and Stephen Lassen. So they do a dream road trip, college football road trip, but they do like all of college football. So it's a little bit more, they have a little more teams to choose from. So basically what they do is they go week by week, you can pick one game and you can't repeat teams. Since we're doing the Big 12, it's, you know, we only, and, and I'm including the, the, the teams that are new Big 12 teams as well. So you have 14 total and for 13 weeks, uh, it still makes it kind of rough just based on the uh, matchups. So I said, like, what we'll do is we'll pick one game per week that we would go to for each week. And then you have one repeat. You can repeat one team once. So okay. basically, if you picked Texas and Alabama, you can pick Texas one other time, but you can't pick them more than that. Yeah, you can't pick three Texas games. Correct. All right, Matt, you Correct. go first. What's your what is your what is your first uh dream road trip matchup? So week week zero, I'll just go say there's no big 12 teams. So we skipped week zero. We're gonna jump straight to week one. Uh, and I made a notepad. So week one, I picked Cincinnati at Arkansas. Cincinnati at Arkansas. Okay. And we talked about Cincinnati last week, but they have you know in really like opposition to like UCF or BYU or they're more aligned with BYU schedule. Like they play some tough games in non-conference and they start off with Arkansas. Who's not a tough out, you know, they're an improving team. They were very good last year. I think they're only going to get better. They extended uh, Sam Pittman. So I think this is Cincinnati traveling to Arkansas and of the games week one, this is the one I thought was the best matchup. Okay. Now, what do you consider week zero? Uh, games prior to week one. Okay. So like September 1st, you know, that weekend. No, like it would be like the end of the games that are in like um, in August. August. Okay, good. All right. So my week one game, my matchup that I picked is uh, it's a classic and I think might be the best matchup in week one for a big 12 school. Um, it's a storied rivalry, one that unfortunately is not played as much as it used to back in the old Big East. And that is I'm going to I'm going to hop on a plane. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh, Heinz Field to watch West Virginia play Pitt. Yeah. And so this was my when I first did the draft, this is my this is my pick. But then I looked at West Virginia's schedule. And, and I made some changes because I have West Virginia a couple of weeks later. Gotcha. Because they I, have I such a good you, schedule. You're going to take them in week three against Towson. Exactly. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this was when I did it first. I did a first draft. This is my pick. Just because you have like, it's the backyard brawl. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been played forever. And it, I would legitimately like to go to this football game. And I will say this on a personal level. Like my family, my on my dad's side, like we're from Charleston, West Virginia. And 
it's 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 a close proximity to Pittsburgh. And so this is why it's called the backyard brawl, because it's it's not a far distance. And this is right. pretty much you're you're They're looking right at there. the same thing. It's all the right yeah, it's all right there. So this is a big rivalry and this is a big game and I'm excited it's back and it's a good pick. I'm I'm glad you picked it. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't leave it off. So all right, well, we'll have week two next week. Yes. Who do you have for week two? Tune in. All right, now we, we're coming off of a couple of episodes where we had just elite pop culture content. Unfortunately, um, Kenobi is over with, and we, we've talked all about it. We don't have any new Star Wars content to talk about. So, Matt, what have you been in the last week um, consuming um, now that Kenobi is over? Uh, well, I'm still I'm I'm, you know, powering through Miss Marvel on my MCU fandom. It's a really a, a great show. I enjoy it very much. And then I've also started uh, Westworld season four. The premiere was Sunday. So that's what I'm kind of like into right now. And like a, um, a Kindle Cout, I mean, definitely a friend of the show, Kindle Cout. He's been on the show before. He uh, kind of put out a tweet like, is anyone still watching Westworld? And my response was, you know what? It's we're, we're kind of in the dog days of summer. You know, it's the 4th of July weekend this weekend. Um, there's not a lot of sports other than um, than baseball going on. So it's going to get me to like the House of the Dragon, which is going to get me through football to football season. So this is where I'm at. Okay. How about yourself? What do you got after Kenobi? Anything going on? Man, I I picked up. Um, this is this is honestly what I've been doing in my free time. Um, I started playing through Breath of the Wild again. Okay. That's I I haven't been consuming much TV. I was watching The Offer. But um, like my wife's had stuff going on at night and like I've I've been like having like weird work stuff. Um, and so it's just kind of screwed with our ability to sit down and watch it together. So I just started playing Breath of the Wild again. That's what I've been doing for about a week now. It's just uh, whenever I have some free time at night, I either read or play that. So and by read, I mean, get on Twitter or Reddit. <laughs> have you um, have y'all you said y'all started to watch you are going to are y'all watch Miss Marvel? We haven't started it yet. It's like on our list. I think because okay. I'm off, I'm off next week. I think we'll probably binge it one day. Okay, so we watched, we wrapped up, uh, Stranger Things season four, and we yeah we do last yeah, we do have new Stranger Things coming tomorrow. So my kids are like super into like Stranger Things. I am too. Like I have yeah. a your daughter's your daughter's video was 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 epic. <laughs> Yeah, so they're, they're like they're like deep into Stranger Things, so I watched it with them last weekend, and we we finished like the season four, part one, I guess, and so like, you know, tomorrow, the part two drops, so we're we're gonna probably go go deep into that, uh, probably early early in the morning, on uh, Friday, July first. 
early 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 I oh, don't so know are you a, are you early like when things drop like i know like stranger things drops early and i used to be but my wife goes to bed early so and she okay. likes to walk and and i can get in trouble if i watch things without her if i especially if i don't say like hey i'm going to do this when kenobi dropped i said i'm going to watch it tonight okay and she was like so like the fine. first kenobi that dropped like 11 p.m or something the, like that. yeah i watched the, i watched the first the first one i didn't so, want, i didn't make it through both episodes because they dropped okay. two yeah but we we watched the the two episodes the next day together but yes i did watch the first episode when it dropped so were you i've always been i so said like i'm like a, a mcu like shill so like everything they drop like I'm, I'm about it so i don't care what it is one division of us there day one and all of them, Hawkeye, you you know it. I'm here, Falcon Winter Soldier, absolutely. I'm you're that's my guys. So I've always lately been, with the Marvel shows, yeah. with the exception of like Loki, I watched like the moment they came out. But with the Marvel stuff, I've I've actually kind of let them all come. Like Miss Marvel, I haven't started watching it, and I'm going to do okay. probably what I did with Hawkeye, what I did with Wandavision. Um, what I did with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was I just waited till all the episodes came out and then I binged okay. it over like two days. So like Loki for sure. I was like a, a waking up. Loki, I was like I I was glued to. Yeah, but I was like waking up at four a.m. to watch it. See, I've only done. I haven't done woken up at four a.m. But like Mandalorian, for example, especially yeah. like the first season of the Mandalorian, it was pre-COVID, yeah. so I was still in the office every day. And well, I worked with a couple of guys that were just as star yeah. Wars nerdy as me. So we would like, we would have like generally on a, I think it came out on Fridays or either Thursdays or Fridays, but we would literally, I think, we would come into yeah. the office early and watch it together. I think it was Fridays. So like, I would always wake up. So as, also at the time, like I was in the office and so I would, but I, my schedule was like, I worked like seven to four was my schedule. So I would, I would always wake up early anyway, because I had to leave early. To be in the office, to be there by seven, and so I would get up early on purpose because I knew, like, well, Fridays, well, I'm gonna just watch Loki because everyone's asleep in my house, no one's waking up before I leave, so I would just sit there and have a drink coffee and uh, watch Loki like at five a.m. and then I would, or I would get to work and be super slow, so I just pull it up on my computer, and I'd watch it in my in my at my desk, <laughs> so. So yeah, but other ones I've that's the only one I think I woke up like because after the first episode, you know, like, okay, this is gonna be like one of those, like, I have to watch this immediately. I can't wait like three days to watch Loki. Right. I gotta watch I need this to as know soon as it next. yeah, because I need to know what happens. And I'm gonna get spoiled on the internet if I don't. Right. Like with Hawkeye, like I was glad that I waited and just watched it all together because it was and like I liked okay. It. I liked Hawkeye. I did too. I, I it wasn't it, it wasn't out. one of those shows where like I would have felt the need to watch it every single week to 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 see it wouldn't have like it wouldn't have grabbed me with intrigue like like Loki did. Like Hawkeye was just like you know it was wholesome and a good time. Yeah, and the same thing with like Falcon Winter Soldier. It was and I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. What I like about the what they do with like genres is like you know Falcon Winter Soldier is more of a uh, political espionage type of drama and then hawkeye is more of like your it was more of like a holiday 
It was almost action a comedy. comedy. Action comedy. Times. Yeah. yeah. It was an yeah. action comedy. You know, it was the the bad guys in Hawkeye for the most part were like caricatures of yeah. themselves. They were all more tracks. Sasha Echo or Maya. Um yeah. or the, uh or Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I would she's not really a bad guy. But yeah, aside from those characters, they're all like they're they're like a comic relief. Right? They're like the bro, like uh trusted bro squad or whatever they're called, the mafia. They're they're like comic relief, right? So yeah, so it's not as serious. It's it's like you said, it's a it's a Christmas action comedy, like mm-hmm. Die Hard or something like that. Um Miss Marvel is more of like a teen, oh, like a YA teen coming of age story in this world. So it's it's I like what they do with like we're gonna show these different characters. You're gonna see their backstory or their where they how they get to where you're gonna see them next. But it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be the same thing every time. Alrighty. You know, I, I don't really I, I don't even know what else I'm going to watch. Like, I'm going to watch Miss Marvel, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably just going to play some video games. Like, like I'm at that point. Um, I'm, of course, going to watch some Formula One this weekend. But but yeah, I mean, that's that's it. We're kind of in like the, the slower period. Yeah. So I think we'll have some movies coming. Like I did see Jurassic World and it was, okay. you know, uh, hot garbage fire. So was it so like my kids want to see it? Like that every day. Yeah, my, I mean, my daughter like, says, "Like I want to see dress." It's Park. got cool dinosaurs in it, but it's a bad movie. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it personally. Yeah, I mean, everybody is, and it's disjointed. The story is weird. Um, it's it's quite literally like two movies are going all at once, and then just suddenly, about yeah. three quarters of the way through, they're like, "All right, let's merge these two movies together." Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of locked in. Cool CGI dinosaurs, go see it. I'm kind of locked in on like Thor: Love and Thunder because I'm a a can't wait for that Taika Waititi fan. So I can't wait, honestly, for that. In like it was like next week. So, so yeah, that's the big movie I'm I'm waiting for. But as far as TV, like I probably Yeah, there's really nothing. To, I mean, Westworld. I mean, that's really like I'm just that's carrying me through. Literally, I'm waiting till uh, like preseason football for NFL, and then carries over to like college football, and that, that's it. I just got to make it to the end of like the next month. I just wish there were more than two Stranger Things episodes coming. I know. I wish it was. Yeah, I agree. I wish it was like, but then again, the way they drop them, it doesn't matter because you're gonna get them all in one one fell swoop anyway so you'd be finished in the weekend anyway just like when they dropped this previous season last month yeah like everyone's done By well, the I, I, it over, took us a done. week i think it took us about a week to watch it it's just because like with the baby like i go to bed so much earlier like right now it's 10 30 on thursday night this is probably the latest i'm gonna like this is thursdays when we when we generally record the latest i stay up during a work week like sunday through wednesday i go to bed probably by nine yeah me so me too i just don't have the ability to binge everything over a, a two-day period like i used to well i mean i watched i didn't watch stranger things immediately like like i said i, I watched it with my kids like last weekend um 
but they watch it. Like I remember my 13 year old, she's, she was perturbed because she had a friend over and her friend didn't want to watch it. And that's all she waited for. Like, was to watch it like all since school was out. So she'd be waiting for a month and then her friend didn't want to watch it. So she was like on pins and needles. But yeah, we watched it. I want to say two episodes at a time was generally what we did. So, but that was right when it first came out. So it took us, it took us like a week, about a week to watch the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's where I'm at. All right, Matt. Um, have we do we have did you get the news that we can announce to the people yet or are we gonna have to hold off a week uh no next week uh our guests no no i mean the week after that um oh no we have to wait we have to wait for that yes we have to wait because i haven't gotten news yet we'll 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 tell everybody on twitter potentially potentially we'll be uh at the Big 12 Media Days. Yeah, we'll be Big J journalists. Yes. But still waiting on the final confirmation for that. Ooh, I can't wait, especially with the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait either. But it's always a good time. I mean, I've been credentialed before and haven't been able to make it, but I get like the, the email. If you're credentialed, you still get the emails, like um, the press releases and all that stuff. But um, it'd be different to be there in the like press, um, yeah, the, like press conferences or like when the coaches do their little spiel, they're like, and do they have? And so, but yeah, especially with the new commissioner coming in, plus the new the news of the like realignment, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of questions for the new commissioner. So. If he's going to, I mean, I would assume he's going to be there. Technically, he doesn't take over till August 1st. So, but I would presume he would be there in some capacity. So, uh, we'll just wait and see. Matt, I do have one question for you. How much money would it cost for me to get you to ask Mike Gundy if a, if, if you're a man at 40, at what age are you an old man? I mean, I don't know, like like five dollars. I mean, all right, I'll pay you five bucks. You gotta ask me today. <laughs> all right, I will. And if I don't get called on, I'll ask uh, one of our. I want to ask Dave Aranda about the Berenstein Bears. I don't know exactly what I want to ask him about the Berenstein Bears, but I do want to ask him about the Berenstein Bears. I'm gonna ask only Dave Aranda if I ask any questions. It's only gonna be Star Wars questions. <laughs> Nothing about football. <laughs> It's oh, fully yeah. like Obi Wan questions. That's only get, get, that's it, it. get his thoughts on on <laughs> the ask the Jedi himself. Yeah. Oh man, that that's, I'm not that's I'm perfect. not here for football. I want to know what you have, uh, what your take is on the Obi Wan series. But anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, Matt. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Workman, or you can find the podcast at the Bear Den Pod. How about you, and Joe? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, where probably you know 60% of what I tweet is Wordle golf scores. And then uh, you know, right now you'll see me throwing every meme that I can against the wall to get some engagement uh, around realignment. So there we go. Man, you put a meme up today after the whole like Pac-12 thing. And I can't remember what it was, but I thought I liked it. I thought it was hilarious. Oh. 
Which one? I put out, was it the old lady uh, one? Yes, that's <laughs> the one. Where it was like, <laughs> please go check out this meme because it was so funny. Colorado won, won a national championship, you know? It was so funny. I loved it so much. Thank you for that, Joe. Absolutely, buddy. All, All right, right, Matt. I will talk to you soon. All right. Until next time. Second bench. Network.